What's good, good people? Welcome to another episode of the Lean In Podcast, where we have real conversations for real life. Before we get started, I just want to let you guys know about the Cultivated Space LLC. Now, you know, anytime we record visuals for the Lean In Podcast, that's the building where we live, hunty. Okay, so the Cultivated Space is hosting a pop-up shop on Saturday, October 30th from noon to 6. You want to be there. There will be all kinds of vendors selling all kinds of things that you need to get. So shout out to the Cultivated Space. We thank you for always working with us on our visuals. And guess what? We will be back in the building soon. Being said, let's lean into a conversation on grief. Lately, there have been a few deaths around me and my family and in my extended family. And I know with so many people passing from COVID, folks are dealing with grief. Um, So I just want to take an episode to lean into that conversation. Unfortunately, I have plenty of experience with grief. As I've mentioned on the podcast before, I had a son who passed away um, when he was five weeks old. My mother passed away when I was really young. And there have just been so many significant family members and relatives that I've lost. So life has given me plenty of experience in this area. And I just want to share some tools with you that have helped me. If we are Facebook friends or if you follow any of the writings I've ever done, you know that I always come to this topic because grief is so heavy. And sometimes when we're in the thick of it, we don't really know how to navigate it. And it's just a personal mission of mine to help people through that, you know? So you may be familiar with some of the things I'm going to share because my tactics are always the same. These are tried and true for me, and I've shared them before, um, but I just want to dive into them with y'all here on the Lean In Podcast. The first thing I think that's important to do while grieving is to care for yourself. You ever paid attention to the emergency instructions that flight attendants give? They tell you to put on your oxygen mask before helping others. So caring for your personal well-being, it's just not a luxury, especially when you're dealing with something as heavy as grief. It is a necessity. You can do something as elaborate as a spa day or as simple as just brewing a cup of tea. Think of the things you would do for your closest, most cherished relative if they were sad and do those things for yourself. Your soul deserves a break from time to time in your grief and it's up to you to make sure that happens. I would personally warn against soothing your pain with alcohol, drugs. I know a lot of people might be like, girl, let's go grab a drink. You need to get up. Don't do it. Don't do it. You don't want to end up with a a habit on top of your grief. Um, I just think that's a bad crutch for such a vulnerable time. And it could lead to self-destruction or even addiction. So remember, self-care is about having your best interests in mind. Now, while we're on the topic of caring for yourself, another way to care for yourself is to set boundaries. So if certain activities, events, or actions are not conducive to your healing, it's okay to say no. 
I usually subscribe to a philosophy of yes is yes, no is no. I don't know you know explanation because I'm grown. <laughs> However, that's not always helpful. Take this for example. Um, I don't attend baby showers. For me, this has caused stress in several relationships because in the past, I refused to communicate this to people. Some folks will automatically understand and accept your decisions without explanations and others won't. Either scenario has the potential to deepen your relationships. The person that desires an explanation, they're gonna appreciate your willingness to open up to them and you'll appreciate the trust of a person who requires nothing beyond a yes or a no. So even more important than setting boundaries is communicating those boundaries. Um, there's a saying that hurt people hurt people. And just being really clear and really honest with people during the process of grief is paramount. Being honest with others and yourself, it'll cut down on unnecessary hurt. Just be careful not to assume that your boundaries are implied. Instead of letting negative feelings fester and damage a relationship, just speak up, be clear, be open, be firm, and you want to be kind and say these things in love. And I know that seems like a lot of responsibility for you as a person that's grieving, but you really set yourself up for the best support from people around you when you are able to communicate with them and say, hey, I know you mean well. Today, I just don't feel like going out. Let's reschedule for another day. I know you're trying to cheer me up, but this ain't it. Or like, you know what? I really would like if somebody would just go on a walk with me. You got time? You know, those simple things, just being super clear with people and being super clear with yourself. Like, don't push yourself into doing things that you know you don't feel like doing. You know it's too heavy for you or too much responsibility for you. Just try to keep things very light for yourself if you have the ability to do so. I know we're talking about interactions with other people and setting boundaries in those areas, but don't set so much boundaries that folks can't help you now. They want to help you, okay? So accept support sometimes, okay? Don't become isolated in your grief. Naturally, your loved ones are going to desire to help you through challenging times. Just allow them to be there for you. Allow them to show their compassion towards you. Their presence may be the difference between a terrible day and a bearable day. The support of relatives seeing to your well-being will remind you that you're not alone, even though you may feel like that when you're grieving. So this is why support is so, so, so important. Maybe that call from your best friend or lunch with your aunt or a long drive with your cousin is just what you need to remember there's still joy to be found in life. The support of other people has and still does add to my life. As a kid, my cousins and friends, they went out of their way to make my sister and I laugh by, you know, making makeshift haunted houses and pretending to be actors on infomercials. These are literal, real instances of things that have occurred. Um, and some of my friends' parents literally opened their homes to make sure that myself and my sister were cared for. You know, this is all in the time after my mom passed away. And then more recent years, my church family has played a major role in supporting me. Um, they've encouraged me to honor the memory of my son and taught me some of these very same coping methods that I'm talking about today on this podcast. Undoubtedly, people will offer support, okay? 
Don't be afraid to accept the loving and kind expressions people offer. They may bring you a rotisserie chicken. They may call you or send you a text. Accept it. You know, those little glimmers of joy can bring just a little bit of hope to your day. Another thing that's paramount when you're grieving is prayer and counseling. You notice I said and together. They should work together. Dealing with loss can be stressful on your mind and on your spirit. I'm a firm believer in the power of prayer. I I believe that you can be completely open and transparent about your feelings and your prayers. If you're confused, if you're angry, if you're distraught, prayer is the place to express those feelings to God and help ease the burden of your emotions. Couple your prayer with counseling. Talking to a professional, okay, let me say it again. Talking to a professional, somebody completely removed from your circle of friends and family can be a comfort on its own since they, unlike your relatives or close friends, they won't be grieving along with you. A counselor will be well-versed in the stages of grief and they can effectively help you heal. I'm very aware that therapy is a taboo in many communities, but you know, around these lean-in podcast streets, we we applaud therapy. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. We indeed do. We are not about to be compromising our emotional well-being and our mental health to save face or look cool. Like, no, that's that's not cool, okay? Get you a therapist. If you need help, Talk to your network. I'm sure there's people around you that can suggest a good therapist. And if you don't feel comfortable reaching out, you can go on online. You can go on psychologytoday.com and find a therapist in your area. So now we will transition into the portion of the podcast that we like to call the wrap-up. In the wrap-up, we discuss the topic as it relates to the faith. So, as I sit here recording this podcast is national sons day <laughs> everybody on instagram and facebook has been sharing pictures of them and their sons and i said you know what self go ahead and log out log out for me please <laughs> and that's okay that's a boundary that i've set for myself his death greatly impacts every aspect of my life including my faith now when this first occurred I did not stop believing in God. I didn't stop believing that he exists or that he is who he said he is. I didn't even stop going to church. I went faithfully and angrily and confused. And I sat on the back row going through a range of emotions every Sunday, mad, sad, pissed, annoyed, everything. I had a thousand questions from how could God let this happen to how was this my life to is this a punishment? It took a lot, and I mean a lot of work, to get back to a place of being able to trust God. And can I be for real? I'm still not fully restored in that area. I don't come a long way in that, don't get me wrong, but I don't feel like I'm fully healed there. I'm hopeful that one day this won't be an issue for me, but I'm definitely still growing in that area. But I must say, even in the midst of all that, I still felt glimmers of comfort from God. I had 
a family friend and an older cousin who literally made it their business to move into my apartment with me to make sure I had company when I needed it. As I mentioned before, I had my pastors and my church family from Grace, who I know for a fact still pray for me in this area to this day. I had my good friends who would come and get me out of the house for dinner or a movie. And like I said, I had my therapist to help me. She helped me to identify tools to cope and heal mentally and spiritually. And of course, even though I was salty, I had the presence of God in those times when nobody else was around. His presence would still bring me peace and calm when I was just ready to slip into the darkness of my own thoughts. I knew and I know it was him keeping my mind and literally holding me together, even though I had a little attitude towards him. And when I say a little attitude, I mean a big attitude, okay? One instance of Jesus' experience with grief was when Lazarus died. This happens in the book of John chapter 11, if you want to grab your Bible or your Bible app to read it for yourself. Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary, were friends of Jesus. He had personal relationships with them. The text tells us that Jesus, as he was approaching, saw Martha. Martha came to meet him and she was just weeping and falling at his feet. There were other Jews along with Martha weeping as well. And Jesus groaned in the spirit and was troubled like he literally was moved by their grief so i just want to encourage anybody that's grieving right now the bible and the book of the bible in psalms 34 verse 18 tells us that the lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart the lord close to those that are broken hearted, that are grieving. So in your anger and your confusion and your sadness, you can still lean into the presence of the Lord um, for your comfort and for your peace. Um, well, in this episode, as we end every episode, which is in prayer.
The Lean In Podcast is a production of Grace Online, the virtual community of Grace Christian Fellowship Ministries International.